0: This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists.
1: Good morning. today's headlines, the trial of the Wisconsin Christmas Parade Killer draws to an end. A judge handed down six consecutive life sentences. We have more from yesterday's sentencing.
2: Although they didn't ride into a majority on a red wave, Republicans do take control of the House and start out with some ambitious plans and a list of names.
1: Chinese Communist regime leader Xi Jinping confronts Justin Trudeau at the G20 summit. Find out what he said to the Canadian Prime Minister.
2: And TikTok facing new scrutiny, the head of the FBI expressing extreme concern over the popular social media app. We have the details.
1: And Thanksgiving is around the corner. Is everyone going to have a turkey on the table this year? And at what cost? We spoke to an expert.
2: Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan.
1: And I'm Evelyn Lee. Good morning. Today's Thursday, November 17th.
2: So the GOP controls the House, and they have a long to-do list. I mean, they've even mentioned probes into the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, the origins of COVID-19, and looking into the DOJ's Mar-a-Lago raid.
1: Right, and at the same time, Democrats are launching a counter investigation to see if there are any special interest groups supporting their probes.
2: Mm, Yeah, the plot thickens. But Evelyn, what updates do you have for us from Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, that's right. The trial of the Wisconsin Christmas parade killer is drawing to a conclusion. A Waukesha County judge handed down six consecutive life prison terms yesterday, one for each victim killed. This court is imposing a life sentence. Gallery observers applauded that announcement and the judge added over 1,000 years for reckless endangerment counts. Wisconsin does not have the death penalty and he will not be eligible for parole. During the sentencing, the convicted killer Daryl Brooks spoke for over two hours, mostly about his mental health. He apologized to victims' families for the first time, but the judge denied his claims of mental illness. She said the four psychologists who evaluated Brooks gave him a diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder, but not a mental illness. Here's what the judge said yesterday. Frankly,
3: Mr. Brooks, no one is safe from you. This community can only... Be safe if you are behind bars for the rest of your life. We may never know the true why, but we were provided with nothing here today other than a feeble attempt to blame mental health, which frankly does a disservice to those who truly suffer from mental health issues. It's hard not to think about what I watched and not have this reaction.
1: 40-year-old Brooks drove his SUV through a Christmas parade in Milwaukee last year. He was found guilty by a jury last month on 76 counts related to the attack. He was convicted on six counts of first-degree intentional homicide.
2: Yeah, and one of the victims was an eight-year-old boy. Multiple people were injured. Brooks has a criminal record and was out on bail at the time of the attack. The Milwaukee District Attorney's Office says he should have been in jail at that time and that his $1,000 bond was inappropriately low. And police in the college town of Moscow, Idaho, are still looking for an unidentified suspect in connection with a quadruple murder that occurred last weekend. Four students were killed in a rental house near campus. No murder weapon has yet been recovered.
3: We know that these homicides occurred in the early morning hours of Sunday, November 13th. Officers discovered the bodies of Ethan Chapin, Zana Nodal Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Goncaves inside the residence on King Road. There was no sign of forced entry into the residence. Investigators are continuing to collect evidence at the scene. We do not have a suspect at this time and that individual is still out there. We cannot say that there's no threat to the community And as we have stated, please stay vigilant, report any suspicious activity, and be aware of your surroundings at all times.
2: All four victims were stabbed with a knife. Two other people were found alive and unhurt in the apartment. News of the slayings prompted many of the 11,000 students to leave the Idaho campus early for Thanksgiving break. And video footage shows two of the four victims ordering food from a food truck the night of the murder. Police said Wednesday they are aware of the footage, which was live-streamed on Twitch, and have found it helpful in developing a timeline of two of the victims' whereabouts. Police initially said evidence from the scene indicated there is no broader risk to the public, but later backtracked on that statement. Some victims' family members have been urging police to release more information about the killings.
1: Moving on to politics now, Republicans are now projected to have a majority in the U.S. House of Representatives. They now have 219 seats, with 218 seats needed for control. Democrats currently have 209 seats. Fresh off their victory, Republicans are discussing their plans. They could be working on launching a probe into President Biden and his family. Meanwhile, calls for accountability for U.S. aid sent to Ukraine are growing. today's Daniel Monahan has more.
4: Republicans are gearing up to investigate Biden administration officials and the president's son Hunter's past business dealings. They plan to look into transactions involving Hunter with China and other countries and even to investigate President Biden himself. ON THE INTERNATIONAL FRONT, REPUBLICANS COULD ALSO SEEK TO TAMP DOWN U.S. MILITARY AND ECONOMIC AID TO UKRAINE AS IT BATTLES RUSSIAN FORCES. SPEAKING ON FOX NEWS, FORMER CONGRESSWOMAN TULSI GABBARD CONTRASTED THE GIVING OF AID TO FOREIGN COUNTRIES WITH THE TREATMENT OF AMERICA'S OWN CITIZENS.
1: THEY NEED TO STOP GIVING A BLANK CHECK TO UKRAINE AND DEMAND ACCOUNTABILITY FOR THE TENS OF BILLIONS OF DOLLARS THAT THEY'VE SENT SO FAR.
4: She also denounced the Biden administration's plan to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. She says they will go over every receipt of American taxpayers with a fine-tooth comb squeezing every penny they can.
1: The Ukrainian government and their corrupt bureaucrats and oligarchs and the defense contractors who are profiting from all these weapons, the Biden administration requires no receipts at all.
4: She alleges the administration knows that most of this taxpayer money is going to corrupt bureaucrats. Gabbard, a combat veteran, also chastised the administration for sending troops and taxpayer dollars overseas while failing to take care of American veterans and service members at home. She says they are not given the care they need for service-related injuries, illnesses, and diseases. Gabbard was joined by Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene in calling for increased oversight of foreign aid to Ukraine.
1: I'm calling for an audit of every single penny that has been sent to Ukraine, including aid money and any other monies that have been given to the Ukrainian government.
4: Green also decried the Biden administration's handling of the Southern border.
1: We've watched tens of billions of dollars be sent to defend another nation's border that is not our own. Every single day, our border is invaded by people from foreign lands and also by drugs.
4: She went on to say that over 300 Americans are dying every single day from fentanyl poisoning. She also accused the Biden administration of doing nothing to protect the American people. The Ukraine war is already nearing its ninth month, with hundreds of thousands estimated to have been killed. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
1: Georgia election officials hosted a dice roll at the state capitol yesterday. It's to launch an audit of votes in the recent election for secretary of state. One by one, people chosen randomly from a basket of names came up to a table and rolled a 10-sided die. Twenty dice were rolled in total to generate a number which was then fed into a computer that determined the batches of votes counties counties must recount as part of the audit. It stems from a law passed in 2019. An audit is required for general elections in even-numbered years on a race elected by the Secretary of State. It must be completed before the election results are certified. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger announced last week that he was choosing his own race for the audit. Officials say one of the goals is to boost confidence in elections.
2: A Chinese intelligence officer who was extradited to the United States has been given a 20-year prison sentence. Yan Jun Xu was found guilty earlier this month of leading a ring of Chinese agents that targeted U.S. aviation companies beginning in 2013 or earlier. He was recruiting their employees to travel to China, gathering confidential information from them and leaking it to the Chinese Communist Party. Xu is the first intelligence officer ever to be extradited to the U.S., he has been a state agent since 2003, having risen to the rank of Deputy Division Director at the Chinese Ministry of State Security. She pleaded not guilty at the trial, which took three weeks to conclude. And Chinese
1: Communist Party leader Xi Jinping publicly confronted Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau yesterday in person. He criticized him over alleged leaks of their closed-door meeting at the G20 summit. That's a rare public display of annoyance by Xi, and it's caught on video.
2: (laughs) Everything we discuss is leaked
1: to the paper. That's not appropriate
5: and
6: that's not how the way the but if there is sincerity on in your in, part, free
0: and open and frank dialogue and we'll just, what we will continue to have, we
2: will continue to look to work constructively together, but there will be things we will disagree on and we will have. To Let's create the conditions first. <laughs>
1: Xi's allegations likely stem from reports that Trudeau brought up serious concerns about alleged spying and Chinese interference in Canadian elections in closed-door meetings. Neither the Chinese foreign ministry, state media nor Canadian authorities said anything about the talks. But Trudeau confirmed points he had made to the media. That highlights tensions between the countries, which can be traced back to 2018. That's when China conducted tit-for-tat arrests in response to Canada's detention of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou. Just on Monday, an employee at Hydro-Quebec in Canada was arrested and charged with trying to steal trade secrets for China. And Canada ordered three Chinese companies to divest their investments in Canadian critical minerals this month. They cited national security. The Chinese regime encourages Western countries to have closed-door discussions. In the video, you can hear Xi say, otherwise, there might be unpredictable consequences.
2: Yes, and in the video, Trudeau says Canada believes in free and open dialogue. Western countries have had many rounds of private talks with China with regards to human rights, but it hasn't had any effect. China does not want public o- pressure from public opinion, especially when it comes to the ongoing persecution of faith groups in China. And TikTok is facing new scrutiny. For the first time, the FBI chief is voicing what he called his extreme concern over the wildly popular social media app. And Juliet Song has the story. Back. Chair recognizes gentle lady from
7: Speaking Tennessee, in a hearing about worldwide party. threats to America's yeah, homeland, homeland the director of the FBI our says our the agency has national online. security concerns about second, TikTok. The Chinese-owned app is one of the most popular of its kind in the U.S., with over 80 million monthly users, most of them teenagers and young adults. But the head of the FBI noted there's a catch.
0: They uh, include the possibility that the Chinese government could use it to control data collection on millions of users or control the recommendation algorithm uh, which could be used for influence operations if they so chose or uh, to control software on millions of devices uh, which gives the opportunity to potentially technically compromise personal devices.
7: Ray's comment is in response to a lawmaker's question. Congresswoman Harshbarger asked if the FBI considers TikTok a significant national security threat, following a report from Forbes.
5: Forbes and other press reported that TikTok's parent
7: company, ByteDance,
5: planned to use TikTok to monitor the uh, physical location of specific Americans for the purposes of surveilling individual U.S. citizens.
7: Ray said Harshbarger highlighted a very important threat.
0: Under Chinese law, Chinese companies are required to essentially, and I'm going to shorthand here, basically do whatever the Chinese government wants them to in terms of sharing information or, or serving as a tool of the Chinese government. And so that's plenty of reason by itself to be extremely concerned.
7: As for what's being done, Ray said he would give more information in a classified briefing. Responding to Ray's concerns, TikTok told NTD that while it can't comment on the specifics of those confidential discussions, they're confident that they're on a path to fully satisfy all reasonable U.S. national security concerns. Juliet Tsong, NTD News.
2: Coming up, San Francisco announces that transgender people on low income will be given state benefits for up to 18 months. Find out the public's reaction to the program. And Thanksgiving is around the corner, but with all this talk about a turkey shortage, will everybody have one on the table? We find out after the break. Welcome back to NTD Good Morning. Transgender people on low income in San Francisco are to receive a guaranteed income. The plan was announced yesterday by the city's mayor. The pilot program will provide 55 low income transgender residents with $1,200 a month. The support will be paid for up to 18 months. Additionally, they will receive gender transition procedures, mental health care, and other benefits, including financial coaching. Mayor London Breed says the San Francisco transgender community experiences high rates of poverty and discrimination. The mayor also says the city will build on the program to provide for other groups in need. However, the announcement of the program was not received well by some and caused a stir on social media. Comments erupted on Twitter raising questions about application criteria. Others mentioned the tax burden the program would bring amid a cost of living crisis.
1: In another news, is everyone able to get their hands on a turkey this Thanksgiving? That's the question amid headlines about a turkey shortage. I spoke to Wendy M. Sawadigo, an assistant professor of agricultural economics, to find out. But first, I asked him how this year's Thanksgiving shopping will affect our wallets. And this is what he said.
6: Well, this year, prices are up across the board. Um, You know, our signature item for Thanksgiving, the turkey, is up about 40 cents per pound. Or for a 15 pound bird, that could amount to about $6 more on the, the turkey than they would have spent last year. In general, for a Thanksgiving shopping list, something about 20%. So, you know, a, a list that might've cost you about $60 last year might be closer to $75 this year.
1: Wow, and so, I mean, there is everybody's hearing about the turkey shortage, but how short are we? Will everybody have one on the table? Let's ask this way.
6: I think in terms of um, turkeys available, we're actually in a pretty good position. Um, the whole hens, unfrozen whole hens, are actually up about 12% from last year. So we were in facing a shortage last year, but we are actually improved. So I do think we're, I'm optimistic that people will be able to find their bird this year. It did have a huge effect on supply. So we've actually had production down a lot. but. The last few months, we've seen farmers working really hard to get those stocks up. So in terms of what's available this year, um, there should be enough for dinner, but the bird flu has had a tremendous uh, negative impact on their turkey industry. And that's kind of one of the factors that's really brought prices up a
1: lot this year. Oh, interesting. So now if we compare food at home and food away from home, what, what would be the cheaper option this year? Should we just eat out?
6: It's really close. I mean, for some families, especially smaller ones, it might just be worth eating out. But for those larger families, the good news is you still can find good deals on turkey. Um, A lot of stores see turkeys as sort of a lost leader. Um, You know, with Thanksgiving being the highest expenditure shopping food day of the year, stores just want to entice people to come into the store and buy their products. So if they can offer a good deal on a lower priced turkey, then they can get you in the door. And so there are deals out there, but it might just cost a little bit more, or take a little bit more effort to find the turkey at the right price for you this year.
1: Thank you so much, Wendem Sawadigo. I appreciate it. Thank you
6: for having me on.
2: The Bonneville Salt Flats is the perfect surface for Daredevil speed racers, but the layer of salt is deteriorating. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details on this natural wonder.
3: Racers use the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah as a racetrack to set land speed world records. Water remains in some parts, but elsewhere, it's dried out. Here, the landscape is flat, except for a layer of salt crystals formed by cycles of flooding and evaporation. Bonneville Salt Flats is one of the most unique things in the world. It, it's it's As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's on a caliber with the arches. Uh, park because it's the only place in the world you can do this. But the fragile landscape has thinned by roughly one-third in the last 60 years, making it less reliable for racers. Speed Week events scheduled for this fall were canceled. Our saw flats at one time, the racetrack was 13 miles long. Now if we can find five miles of good track and two miles of shutdown, we're excited. The crust keeps tires cool at high speeds and provides an ideal surface for racing, unless seasonal flooding fails to recede or leaves behind an unstable layer of salt. After three decades of examining the salt flats in Utah, nothing has slowed the deterioration. But a new study could help find a solution. The Utah Geological Survey is spearheading a $1 million research project. Scientists are gathering data to understand the factors that affect preserving the salt flats, including climate change, racing, repaving, and a mine on the site.
2: We can try to do some fixes, um, but it might be trying to put a Band-Aid on like a scar or like a, a huge wound. Like we need to understand what's happening so we can make the best recommendations that are gonna work in terms of the long term.
3: The causes and solutions are under investigation, but all involved say that the landscape is a jewel worth preserving. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
2: Japanese automaker Toyota unveiled a new hybrid 2-liter plug-in version yesterday. The model is a revamped version of the Toyota Prius. It's an attempt to revive the 25-year-old hybrid that was once at the cutting edge of low-emissions technology. Japan's largest automaker introduced the upgraded vehicle as a way to bring hybrids to a wider audience. Battery-powered electric vehicles, including models made by Tesla, still remain too expensive for many consumers. First launched in 1997, the Prius has so far sold around 5 million cars. The hybrid model will launch this winter, and the plug-in hybrids will launch in the spring of 2023. The carmaker says that in addition to Japan, it will be launched in North America and Europe and then other countries. And up next, a woman
1: is restoring American values through golden era Hollywood movies. Find out how young people today are reacting to the black and white masterpieces when we come back. Welcome back. Next, we have an 83 year old Anna Lee McGraw who says Hollywood's classic films have the power to ignite young people's moral imagination and their cultural memory. So she's decided to play TCM Golden Era movies in classrooms to bring traditional American values back to the young generation. Here's her story.
5: There is a moral standard of right and wrong and good and evil that is timeless.
0: Political sciences PhD, Onely McGraw came of age during the post-World War II era in California. That was also the Hollywood golden era when movies were made by respecting the motion picture production code.
5: Really, you could say a moral code or a code about human nature.
0: Onely loves movies growing up. She feels that she's received so much from them, so she dedicated her life to restoring American values Through classic movies.
5: I would say that great art lifts our hearts and transports us out of our ordinary existence. And so the young people of today can see a movie like It's a Wonderful Life, and they can really begin to understand what has been lost in our culture.
0: As the director of the Educational Guidance Institute, she has been showing Hollywood golden era movies to people since 1980. Through these efforts, young people could learn important values.
5: Raising in the Sun is actually one of the very few movies that really teaches what is a family.
0: One time, the Institute hosted a classic movie event in a detention center for young people. They were showing It's a Wonderful Life by Frank Capra.
5: They didn't like the film at all. It was in black and white. They didn't know who the lead actor was, Jimmy Stewart.
0: However, as the movie was rolling, those young people started identifying and sympathizing with the characters. They began to understand something.
5: The human capacity to make a choice uh, for the good is always there for us and these movies bring that out they they remind us that we are not just hopeless victims of fate beyond our control we really can make a decision
0: and by the end of the movie
5: they cried out to the teacher they said this is the best film we've ever seen."
0: In a time of great division, Onely's wish is to bring back these values so that communities can benefit regardless of their religious or political views.
5: Great art gives us not only beauty, but truth and goodness as well.
1: Ona Lee's favorite movies are A Tale of Two Cities, It's a Wonderful Life, and A Raisin in the Sun. She calls them her big three.
2: Ah, three good classics. Yeah, and the Hollywood golden era that she mentioned was between 1930 and 1960. Movies produced in that period had to receive a seal from the production code office to make sure they upheld the moral code developed by Will Hayes.
1: So interesting. That must be why there are really some classics that just feel like beyond compare. So, yeah. I think that's a great idea, what she's doing.
2: Oh, absolutely. And yeah, a moral code. I mean, that's a little far from modern movies like Saw with characters like Jigsaw. But, you know, these action films, they are entertaining and they get my heart pumping. But, man, they make me dizzy sometimes.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> that's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you before you go. Share your thoughts and your story at goodmorning at NTD.com. Shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee.
2: And I'm Kevin Hogan.